Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast. Again, thank you everyone for your continued support, uh, both uh, by listening to the podcast as well as a financial support through Donna uh, donation. So, very much appreciated and uh, I always look forward to getting this done. Um, today I wanted to talk about this idea of Buddha nature. And this is just one aspect of looking at it, but this is very important because if we read uh, Jiri's, uh Master Tiantai's understanding of Buddha nature, it's very important for us not to fall into a lot of the trappings that we may do, and, and actually what modern Buddhism is kind of perpetuating. But, I mean, it's been a problem since even Nichiren Shonen's time, because Nichiren Shonen... People may not uh, understand the context and what Nichiren Shonen was disputing or discussing or, or going against or challenging the ideas brought forth by Tendai uh, during that time. So, not the original intentions, of course, Master Saicho, the founder of Tendai, but what Tendai had actually become when it was influenced more specifically by Shingon or uh, esoteric Buddhism, which uh, is very important to know, has a different concept. It comes from a different place. Uh, that particular level or particular vehicle of the esoteric is based uh, uh, on the idea of the Vedic system of practice. And you can go into the history and, and that later to understand, but this also brought with it, which we'll see even in today in modern Tendai, is this uh, idea of Buddha nature that Nietzsche and Shonen was specifically uh, pointing out as being uh, not in context or in uh, balance with the teachings of the Lotus Sutra, meaning the original intent of the Buddha, and that it was something that was corrupted by later head priests of Mount Hiezan in Japan. So when we speak about Buddhism, it's very important that we, of course, identify Buddhism or Buddha nature, that's our inherent nature, in accordance with the Ekayana principles of the Lotus Sutra. So just to expand on this this idea of Ekayana, Ekayana, Ekayana means the, uh, the vehicle that is able to, uh, the true vehicle. That means the vehicle that's able to incorporate uh, the other vehicles. Hence, we have chapter 2 in the Lotus Sutra that says that the other teachings are not wrong, uh, but they're merely expedients so that we can then uh, understand the Buddha's true intent as we uh, deepen our causes and conditions towards enlightenment. So that means the, the Buddha, they, they call it the Lotus Sutra or the Lotus Vehicle that is able to... Uh, that all beings, without exception, are able to attain enlightenment through their Buddha nature. So, Buddha nature is seen in Tendai or Tiantai traditions to have three aspects. The first is the way that things are. That means our innate Buddha nature, our potential. And it's important to say potential in that all beings can attain Buddhahood. Why is it important to say potential? Because it's interesting, and this has actually perpetuated um, a lot of different schools of Buddhism, and that's the idea 
of the innate Buddha nature, and because you have innate Buddha nature, you're automatically a Buddha. In Japan, they call this medieval hongaku, or medieval original enlightenment theory, which actually, even now, uh, the school of Tendai in Japan, as well as other schools, perpetuate this teaching. However, uh, Nichiren Shonen was very much, uh, very much uh, debating this point in saying that it was not in the original guise of Buddhism. And, and just to give you some background, what was happening with this concept of uh, original enlightenment? So, basically, with the idea of original enlightenment, is that you we all have Buddha nature. So we see that in the ten worlds. But because you have Buddha nature, uh, if you are to take the precepts, if you are to uh, enter the path of the Buddha, uh, that you are originally as you are enlightenment once you realize you have Buddha nature. And that in all things, that Buddha nature is perpetuated. So um, even in negative, actually, idea of negative or evil things too. So in medieval Japan, they had a soldier called Sohei, uh, in which actually two people, uh, both I believe Nobunaga and Hideyoshi, I know for sure, burned all of the temples on Mount Hiei, uh, the head of the Tendai school, uh, because the priest had adopted a warrior-like monk uh, tradition. It's called the Sohei. And what they would do is that they would... Um, uh, attack, rape, pillage, Kyoto all the time, just come down and burn it whenever it did not follow its uh, edicts or something that it wasn't uh, in favor of. Also, it would be actually lent out by different warlords to uh, for payment uh, to defend or to become soldiers for them. So this was something that was being dealt with during Nichiren and Shonen's time where the idea that these priests, and there's a great movie called Zen, I believe that is the Dogen, Master Dogen's life, and in that you'll see the Sohei, the warrior monks of Mount Hie, because of course they didn't like uh, Master Dogen's teaching, so uh, that it was something new. And they would constantly come down and try to shake him down for money, as well as telling him to get lost, or to tell them to bow down or pay uh, something to, to uh, Mount Hie. So, uh, in this idea, no matter what they did, because they did it in the guise of Buddhism, of this original enlightenment, because of the, either some schools say because of precepts, or just even acknowledging or seeing the Buddha nature, uh, or being clergy, for instance, that one's actions, even though they may seem evil and twisted to regular people, they would call this probably, as we see with uh, uh crazy wisdom that they use in the Tibetan uh, traditions or uh, in the um, smaller traditions of Tibet. They use, uh, in the modern traditions, I would say, they use the idea of crazy wisdom. And so Nichiren Shonen was, of course, uh, in conflict with this because he found his teaching specifically from the Lotus Sutra and that of Master Tiantai. So about after the second head priest uh, of Mount Hiei, after uh, Master Saicho, uh, all of them had practically accepted uh, these uh, teachings of original enlightenment, which they call medie medieval original Hongaku enlightenment thought. So if you ever hear about it, that's what it's about. 
And of course, it's a deeper subject than how I explained it, but that's just a basic idea. So if we're able to see that these three aspects that Master Tiantai is speaking of, they are first that the innate potential in all beings of Buddhahood, whether it is realized or not. So Buddha nature in us is a potential. And that, of course, is, is uh, in... Uh, not in correlation with the idea of original enlightenment, because if it's a potential, there has to be something that brings that potential out. Where original enlightenment is just something that is realized, and it is. There's nothing that needs to be uh, done or practiced. It just is uh, expressed in every person's moment, whether uh, it is in accordance with the mundane rules or law that we would consider good or evil. So as you can see how that could be really abused. Um, so it's interesting because when I first met my uh, Buddhist teacher, Kamoto Sensei, uh, I, I was in a way, and, and it's interesting how we as perhaps, I, I'm not sure if it's the West specifically, uh, because of uh, the way that perhaps our native religions or uh, original religions thought of things, you know, I was actually of the idea of this innate Buddha nature that once I realized it or I saw it or I found it, then that was it. We were enlightened. There was nothing else to do. And then everything you did and acted was in accordance with the teachings. But Skamoto Sensei very much explained that this is what Nichiren Shonen's big issue was with the other schools of Buddhism, uh, especially that of the Tendai school. And also the idea of how, and it is a little different, but similar in the idea of the esoteric or Shingon schools. So, Buddha nature is something we find that we see through the ten worlds, through uh, our lives, and, but it's a potential. So, the second one is the wisdom, is considered wisdom. So, that's the content of the Buddha's enlightenment and the goal of our practice. So, the content would be the teaching. And of course, uh, for as we see in the Lotus Sutra, we can see what's happened is that, uh, in a way, the, the monks that, if you read the chapter in the Lotus Sutra, the monks, once the Buddha starts saying that he's going to, after they've asked multiple times, he's going to teach them that they're true, his true mind, his true practice, the true practice of Buddhism, uh, of the larger vehicle of the Ekayana that incorporates all the vehicles, that there's not uh, two or three or four, that there's only one Buddha vehicle. And, of course, they get up and leave because uh, they believe that they've realized the true level or true extent of enlightenment. And it's interesting because a lot of people, when they enter Buddhism, they think it's a course, so there's going to be an end to it. So they think, if I just follow the course and I do this over and over and over, and I improve and the progress, then it's going to happen, and then I can move on to something else. But actually, it doesn't work that way, and actually, that's usually a shock to most people, uh, but we'll see that. So when we, we ha it's very important that what is the cause, the, how do you say, the conditions, that what teaching we use to utilize or understand the true Buddha nature, that is, of course, the first one, the, the way things are, the innate potential of Buddha nature in ourselves, and using the correct teaching, which is the second, um, that's wisdom, the wisdom of the Buddha, the wisdom of the Buddha's true mind, true stance. 
And then the third is the practices or activities that are required to realize the wisdom of the second one. So just reading the Buddhist teachings or holding on to them or saying that you believe in them is not enough to realize the enlightenment of the Buddha or the true mind of the Buddha. So um, this is rather fascinating because if you look at it, uh, a lot of teachings kind of project this idea uh, that... And this is the this is the core idea of original enlightenment. Uh, that once you realize the Buddha nature is there, you're a Buddha. It's good to go. But this was the point that my Tsukamoto Sensei was making to me: is Nichiren and Shonen specifically said that through the practice was the only way to both uh, understand our innate potential, but also manifesting and understanding the wisdom of the content of the Buddha's enlightenment and are realizing our goal of practice, that it was actually in the way. Hence, we use the word butsu-do, the way of the Buddha, rather than the teachings of the Buddha, bukkyo. That's very fascinating. So, he realized that there had to be action, had to be the correct practice. Hence, namu-myo-horenge-kyo was essential. So, again, in original enlightenment, uh, a lot of priests uh, did not engage in practice because practice was not... Uh, what was told, needed in order to attain enlightenment. It was simply the idea of realizing the Buddha nature or by performing certain ceremonies um, or uh, by taking the Buddha's precepts. So it's very important that actually we realize that Buddha nature is not a static entity, but an active process. And again, this is something that really challenges people because they believe it's an A to Z one, two, three, whatever they do, they're, they're good. Um, as long as they're um, studying the Buddha's teaching or they believe that they understand the Buddha's teaching uh, intellectually, uh, that's one mistake. The other is just simply being able to be a Buddhist priest or take the precepts that it makes you able to call yourself uh, enlightened. So this trinity that we have is synergistic, so it's, it's together. Uh, but this is the reality of wisdom, of reality, wisdom, and practice. If we don't understand these three parts, and this is the point and challenge that Nichiren Shonen was giving to the schools that followed this original enlightenment concept, otherwise Buddha nature would simply revert to being a kind of substantial self or Atman, uh, which is an idea that is, of course, course uh, opposite to that of the very foundations of Buddhist thought. So, this is very interesting because now I teach people that we have the idea, the connection with Buddhism and um, yoga. And in the eight limbs of yoga, the end, everything is similar in Buddhism, but the end, the end game, the end uh, goal is different. So, in Vedic traditions, it is to become one with Atman, this true un unchanging self or soul. But the idea of in uh, Shakyamuni Buddha's enlightenment was the understanding of uh, enlightenment of uh, this Buddha nature, uh, enlightenment of the reality of nature itself. And so that's very important because the Nirvana Sutra specifically talks about this, about the idea of Buddha nature and how it can be seen even in some ways as a true self. So someone may say that, okay, myself and the Buddha nature are one of the same. They make it as a permanent, unchanging entity, 
which then, of course, becomes the idea of self. And further on to this, the three aspects of Buddha nature are dependent on each other. They have no meaning on their own. So if you just take one aspect of that, like the first one, and that's the reality that we have our potential innate Buddha nature in ourselves, and you don't use the wisdom or teachings of the Buddha or the practice of the Buddha, uh, the correct practice, uh, we're unable to attain the true idea of the Buddha's enlightenment. Uh, in a way, we are confirming and going towards the Vedic way of the idea of self, which, of course, was the reason why we have Buddhism and that we're not practitioners of the Vedic tradition. So, there's no independently existing potential for Buddhahood or wisdom without practice. That is what Nichiren Shonen's main point was, chanting Namu Myoho Renge Kyo. And that actually, if you look at his entire life, it was just practice. Uh, he practiced in every part of his life, and he relied on the teachings, the wisdom of the Buddha, rather than the wisdom of self, right? Uh, and that practice has no meaning without the promise of attaining Buddhahood. So what what compels us, what compelled Nijiden Shonen to keep practicing, even at the cost of his life? Now that's an important thing to think about. Uh, with the cost of life means at the cost of self. So if you practice for idea of self, which at the beginning is fine as an expedient or through teachings, but initially you should go to the idea of through the wisdom and compassion of the Buddha, the idea and realization that the idea of the unchanging, the uh, changing self, and that um, be moving beyond the substantial clinging of self. That seemed to have been when I practiced Buddhism. That was one of the scariest things because what are you in for? The, what are you doing this for? It's it's for myself. But then there comes a purpose or time through the wisdom and teachings of the Buddha, and also through one's practice, which is the catalyst. Uh, and again, the most important is the correct teachings following Namu Myoho Renge Kyo with the Lotus Sutra, the true mind of the Buddha. We can then realize our Buddha nature and uh, understand and realize Buddhahood or the idea of our true nature. So the potential is always there, but it must be realized, actualized. Uh, all three of these that I speak of uh, are in one, but yet three. So it's very important that when you look at your practice that you're incorporating all three of these. Uh, and this is, of course, a, a teaching from Master Tiantai, uh, in which Nichiren Shonen f uh, firmly followed and, uh, of course, inculcated and, and exemplified through his life. So uh, take a look at this and think about it uh, and realize how lucky you are to have learned the Lotus Sutra. You can see how easy it would be to be trapped in other teachings, just like those arrogant bhikshus in the Lotus Sutra who asked the Buddha for his true enlightenment when it challenges the idea of what they attained, which is, of course, even though they were beyond the idea of birth and death, there was still a grasping of self uh, that they that they wished to remove suffering from. But when he showed his true uh, mind, his true Buddha nature, his true thought, uh, in, through the vehicle of compassion and that of the single Buddha vehicle, the true Buddha vehicle, uh, they, of course, reacted uh, as most arrogant people do. They uh, defend self and ego, uh, even though they had attained a certain level of awareness and awakening. It was not yet the ultimate enlightenment of the Buddha. Uh, so, therefore, uh, 
uh, it's really important that we understand the humbleness of Nichiren Shonen, but also in the conviction that he based all of his life on the wisdom and his practice of uh, his practice of Buddhism and life of Buddhism and on the Lotus Sutra, the true intent and purpose of the Buddha's teaching and uh, mission. And therefore, he was able to realize in the truest sense, truest form, the Buddha nature and not fall into the uh, trappings of the idea of original enlightenment. That means someone who is just enlightened and that there is no practice that is needed. Uh, there are no teachings that are needed. So there are some schools of Buddhism, especially in the modern Buddhism, that don't understand these teachings, so they revert to this idea of original enlightenment, even though they may not be aware of, of what it means or where it comes from. Uh, because, of course, to the self, it sounds like a really great idea. But actually, as Nichiren Shonen said, it is not in accordance with the practice of Shakyamuni Buddha uh, or the enlightenment and teachings of the Lotus Sutra as taught through us by the true uh, internal Buddha. So, therefore, I thank everyone for a great uh, discussion today and thank you for taking the time and again thank you for your support support always encourages us and helps our mission and i'm glad that you're along with us for this mission so thank you very much